Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the People Project Podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Alexander, and each week I bring you episodes on different topics that affect us all in different ways, internally, externally, or sometimes both. So I took the week off last week because I've been traveling. Um, If you guys listen to the Reckless Reality podcast, um, you heard about that. Um, So I am back home. Things are chilling out. um, And I have an awesome episode for you guys this week. So thank you for your patience. Um, I'm trying to create like a really good backlog um, so that this is not an issue in the future. So thank you for bearing with me. I am still a new podcaster figuring all this stuff out. So um, so yeah, uh, this week I will be joined by the one and only Paul Butler, and we will be talking all things like toxic fandom, stan culture, all that good stuff. Um, this is something me and Paul have been talking about for a long time, um, and that we both like have strong feelings about. So it's going to be a good one. So without further ado, let's skip to my interview with Paul. All right, everybody. So as I said, I'm joined here by my friend Paul Butler. Hi, Paul. Hey, Elsie. Thank you for having me. How you doing? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, my pleasure. I'm I'm glad that uh, after we were together last week and in Boston, you didn't get too sick of me. <laughs> At least not uh, yet. No, I, I was like, I need more Kelsey in my life. When are we going to do this? <laughs> well, know? here we go. Here we are. <laughs> um, well, I, I kind of, in my intro, I kind of gave everybody a little bit of a heads up on what this week's episode is going to be about, you know, toxic fandoms and stay in culture a little bit. Um, so if you want to give everyone a little bit of an intro, obviously they already know your name, Paul Butler, but a little bit about who you, who you are, like why this topic is something that interests you, and then we can dive right in. Sure. Yeah. So um, who am I? I'm just an <laughs> old man that, that likes, uh, you know, likes the same TV show. That's, that's how I ended yep. up, um, you know, connecting with you and we've become, you know, pretty good friends at this mm-hmm. point. Um, I, let me, I'll start with a disclaimer, right? Okay. This, this topic, I am not an expert. I am not qualified to have any, <laughs> you know, real opinions on this. This is um, just a I personal do, opinion. Yes. I do have strong opinions. Um, <laughs> at a few points during this, it'll probably be like old man, yell at clouds, um, <laughs> get off my lawn type stuff. Uh, but it's just, you know, it's, it's something, the whole idea of stands, standum, um, it, it is something that has kind of really fascinated me um, since mm-hmm. I got on Twitter pretty actively a couple of years ago. Yeah. And just seeing how that <laughs> kind of, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's toxic, right? Oh, For yeah. the most part. I mean, there are some positives that I'll, I'll touch upon because I did do a bunch of research because I'm a nerd Good. like that. I, I love it. <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, so I, that, that's kind of... That's it. Yeah. High level overview. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess let's dive right in. Where do you want to begin, Paul? All right. So to start with, um, when you approach me with this topic, you know, I, I started thinking Stan and I started digging in more. Um, that was kind of too narrow of a, a subject for me, right? <laughs> so I, as I kind of started getting my facts together, I wanted to kind of morph this from just you know, straight stands to um, obsessed fandom in general. So start at the very basic, right? Fan derives from the word fanatic, which by itself is not a great connotation, right? right. Fanatic <laughs> is somebody that's obsessed. Um, but this has actually been around 
a long time, right? You mm-hmm. go back to those videos of the 60s of the Beatles, Elvis right. Presley. Um, they're mobbed everywhere they went. Mm-hmm. It's just mass hysteria, right? So fast forward all this time later, that this has existed all along. Yeah. Um, but this leads us to stand. So this is a whole new thing, right? The the word stand, for those that don't know, and I'm assuming everybody that's going to listen to this right now is going to know exactly what I'm going to say, where it came from, came from um, an Eminem song. And it's really, if you listen to the lyrics, it is not a positive song. Absolutely it's got Dino singing those hooks, you know, um, but it's about an obsessed fan, goes off the deep end, ends up killing himself and his girlfriend because Eminem didn't respond to his fan mail. Yeah. I, that is the basic Cliff Notes version mm-hmm. of the song Stan. So somehow, you know, all these people on the internet decided. <laughs> the internet that, just took it and ran with it. Hey, this is a great thing to base like my identity right. off of. Like this say, oh, we stand so and so. Like no, no, no. <laughs> so it's it's a combination of stalker and fan. That's mm-hmm. how you get Stan. Yeah. Um, so. You know, going back to what I was saying that, you know, it's it's kind of always been there, Beatles, Elvis. So from then to now, what what has changed? What's different, Kelsey? What What is the one thing that you would point to that says from where we were there to where we're at now, what is driving all of this? The Internet. Yes. Social. <laughs> media, right. Good oh, job. Yeah. You especially, that, that especially Twitter. Yes. So there, I actually um, found one of the articles, right? (laughs) It's, oh shit, you know, I I didn't write down the author, but it's, it's titled the 2010 social media, the birth of Stan culture. And there was um, two sentences that I think kind of sums up Mm -hmm. things very well about why social media has kind of affected how people view these celebrities. Mm -hmm. So it says the advent of social media has bridged the communication gaps to make fans feel like they're constantly connected to the artists they love. Hmm. It's become a badge of honor for fans committed enough to show up and go all out for their favorite star on the internet. That's great, right? Yeah. It it lets you, in theory, it gives you constant communication or updates Mm -hmm. about, you know, a celebrity, musician, Mm -hmm. actor that you love. However, the problem is, is that view is specifically curated and they're only letting you see what right. they want you to see. Just like right? everybody else. Yeah, it's a highlight yeah. reel. Yes. Um, so I, not all of them. I, I know some of the mm-hmm. celebrities are probably a little more open about, like, this is everything. This is me. Warts and all. Um, what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I think the vast majority, that's not right. the case. You see what yeah. you know what their publicist recommends that they share. That's exactly. Um, and... So you get into an issue where you have these fans, stands, um, they're they're viewing their favorite celebrity as flawless and infallible, infallible, mm-hmm. you know. So they they can't comprehend the possibility that that person may not be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people are becoming so emotionally invested that this person that they don't even know in real life, and it's it really is just flat out unhealthy. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it becomes. I mean, like how many different examples have we seen of celebrities with stalkers? Um, you know, and like I mean, celebrities that have been killed by their stalkers and stuff. You know, like it's just the and a lot of the like the stalking incidents that I think of 
that's pre-internet. So like now, even like just people thinking that they have this access and thinking that they know these people. And I remember like when Justin Timberlake and Jessica Biel first had their first child, because I think they have more than one kid now. Um, they didn't put any pictures on the internet. Um, Mindy Kaling has never put a picture of her baby on the internet because they're like, nope, like you already have enough access to me. And, you know, like there are so many celebrities like that, that are just like, no, you will like, I'll like, you know, post on social media about like, you know, the work that I'm doing. But like outside of that, you're going to have no access to my life. And it's sad that they have to do that. that They can't just be people because there's, you know, there's people out there that will stalk them, that will obsess over them and just like show up at their house. Um, Which is insane to me. It is absolutely insane. Like you, you find out where this person lives. You don't know them. And hey, I'm just gonna show up at their house and try to peek through their bushes or ring their door. Like what are like what are you gonna do? Like what what are you gonna do? You know? It's it's insane. I was actually just watching. uh, I think it might have been something on Vice. um, Which, by the way, if you've never watched the Vice channel, uh, that's a great channel. And it really is. (laughs) They always have good stuff on there. So there was something on that that I, I so this whole TikTok thing, which I don't get anyway. So this is old man <laughs> yelling at the clouds, right? Um, they they had, and I, I guess this is a thing, right? They have a bunch of TikTok people live in a house together, yeah, and like the hype house that. and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So there was like this on this episode, there was this like little girl that that her mom takes her like actively. Mm-hmm. It just sits outside the house, yeah. like hoping for a glimpse of anybody. So and like, these people, know, like the reason like these people are. No, do they no. encourage people to do that? I, I don't think, think so. Things. No, I don't think so. But these are like people that like, like these like people who live in like Hype House and like other houses like it. Um, they, they're famous because of TikTok, like from like, do, like, I don't know if you know who Charlie D'Amelio, 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 I don't know. I sound like an elderly person at this point. Oh, um, so <laughs> she, like, as far as I know, like her and like Addison Ray and people like them, they were like the first ones that like, like Charlie was like grew up as a dancer. And so like, she, she's like, I don't know, like 18 now, maybe 19 and, like, would, like, do dances on TikTok, and then they all kind of took off, and then all these other people, and now Addison Ray has a music career, and Charlie and her family have a TV show on Hulu, and, like, all this stuff, and so, but it's literally from an app on a phone where people watch them, like, like, watch 15-second clips of them dancing, and then swipe to the next one, like, that's how these people have gotten mega famous, and, you know, like, that blows my mind. I was talking to my nephew about it. He's, my nephew is, oh, well, if you listen to this, I'm so sorry. Uh, he is 19 or 20. Yeah. He's either 19 or 20. Um, and he, I was like, he, I was, he was trying to explain it to me. And like, I could not wrap my mind around around this well it's like the Kardashians right like they're partial like people partially know who they are because of Robert Kardashian and like him being the um you know the lawyer for the OJ Simpson trial and like they were already just like very wealthy people in Hollywood but then the whole Kim K video happened and like whatever and like so and like the and like the Hilton sisters is like they're famous because of like I don't know like I mean obviously Hilton like you know last name for being rich Right, exactly. And so it's like all these people, they're famous for all these like ridiculous reasons. And I'm not trying to like down that because like, whatever, like, you know, do your thing. Right. Because right. yeah. I saw a thing on Twitter the other day and it was like shaming these like quote unquote indie artists for like having famous parents. And I was like, who cares? Like, yeah. 
do you like their music? Are they, are they, you know, are they doing anything to hurt anyone? No. Okay. Well, who cares how they got there? And like, right. And like, and I get that some people don't feel that way and that's totally fine. Like, you know, you can have your own opinions, but like, it just boggles my mind that like we are in a day and age that like people can become millionaires, like multimillionaires from dancing on an app. And like, Listen, if I could do it, if I, you know, if I could do what Charlie D- D'Amelio, Emilio, whatever her name is, uh, what she did, I would have done it too. Like more, more power to her. Cause that girl's got like, like all these brand deals and stuff like that and is making a yeah. boatload of money. So good for her, but it's wild. Yeah. I mean, if, if you can, why would you not? Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, like nobody can knock that girl for like doing what she was able to do. Right. So I, I wasn't. In my my plethora of notes here, <laughs> I did not have uh, I did not have anything about the Kardashians, but I did want to state one thing since you bring it up. So yeah. it is absolutely amazing to me that, um, like you said, you know, people kind of knew who they were from mm-hmm. the father who had passed because right. you know this lawyer, um, and then they basically and Kelsey, you probably know this better than I am. Mm-hmm. So if I'm saying anything that's like incorrect or wrong, just I'll stop me. <laughs> I love that you know that I know. (laughs) So Kim Kardashian um, made a sex tape with Ray J Mm -hmm. that her mom shopped, right? Is that true? So that's, that's alleged. And I, I believe that that, I don't think, I don't, I can't, I'm not sure if Chris has ever come out and been like, yeah, I did that. But like, that's alleged that that happened. And I mean, she's like, you know, the most world's most famous momager. So, you know, well, that, that's what I'm getting at. Right. Imagine a world where, you have something horrible like that, mm-hmm. and your mom is right. putting it out there to get <laughs> right. you and the family famous, right. right? And then if you look at all the other stuff, um, when we talk about you know carefully, <laughs> carefully curated content mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and a specific view that's put out there for mm-hmm. the public, mm-hmm. that whole kind of PR thing that um, oh, yeah. I alluded to a little earlier, mm-hmm. there is nobody better than Chris Jenner. Oh yeah, they're, she they're, knows what she's doing. I mean, it's it's insane. It, it's you look at it, and you're like, does she have the best interest of her family? Yeah. At at heart, um, just from a strictly monetary yeah. standpoint, yes. But yeah. is it good for but like mental mentally? Well-being? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, no. You know. Right. But so I just. Yeah, that that sparked a little thing that. Well, yeah, I, I mean, know. you know, if we're talking about like you know crazy stand stuff, so like Kylie Jenner with her first baby, and I'm not going to get into much with Kylie Jenner because that's a sensitive topic right now with everything that happened at Astro World this weekend. I don't know if you've seen all of that stuff. Um, so I know something happened. A bunch of people died. Yeah. Or... So so Travis Scott, who is Kylie Jenner's boyfriend, I think, and but I know baby daddy of her current. Uh, baby that she's pregnant with and of her um her other child stormy but um so she he and she was there and she actually deleted a instagram story that showed like a um an ambulance like security vehicle like in the middle of the crowd because she didn't know what she was recording but um but yeah so i think they've said eight people died and like hundreds of people were injured and are in the hospital. And so there's all sorts of different rumors and stuff out there of what was going on. Like some people are saying that people were walking through the crowd, like injecting people with drugs. 
um, that people were lacing drugs and passing them around. Um, a lot, like at least one of the people who died, died from, um, asphyxiation, like from being crushed basically, like they couldn't breathe. And like, so because we're in a day and age of, you know, the internet, um, you know, there, there, one, I saw one thing on Twitter and I've had, I had to go through and mute all of this stuff. Cause it was just like, it was too hard to look at but one guy found out his brother died from twitter like saw videos of his brother being like resuscitated or attempted to be resuscitated and his face was like purple on like on twitter like you should never see that period but especially not on twitter you know and yeah that's about a problem with social media right there's yeah. it's it's always it's too much and, information too yeah, much there, access there's no filter right anybody exactly. can put up anything that they want and mm-hmm. it's going to automatically be oh, put yeah. up i mean you, you can petition or whatever request that it's right, taken exactly. down at some but point. Like it's, I mean, it, yeah. it's there. And, and the problem with that too is, you know, a lot of misinformation gets exactly. put out and a lot of misinformation on purpose gets put right, out. Right, exactly. But I can imagine that poor guy. Like, yeah, that, exactly. That's, that's how, how he found out. out. Exactly. And, you know, because he was searching the hashtag just to see if he, you know, if anybody had seen his brother or anything like that. And then, you know, he sees that. And so, you know, so that's that was a lot, you know, um, because I think what happened was like, I mean, there's videos of the like the gates being broken down and stuff like that, like that. Um, the event was sold out and then people stormed the gates and like trampled each other and like then got in. And then when Travis Scott went on stage, people just started pushing to the front and pushing to the front and pushing to the front. And like there were too many people for that area and it was just a mess. And so I think that's drastically going to change how um, music festivals are handled in the future because – you know, it was just, it was wild. And like typically with festivals, there's multiple stages at a time going, but that was the only stage at all. And it was Travis Scott and Drake came out at one point. And like, so it was like huge artists that, you know, obviously these people um, went to see. So anyway, I digress. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't not mention that. Um, But, but, um, but yeah, so Kylie Jenner, you know, like, so when she was pregnant with Stormy, like, I don't think she said anything about her pregnancy until either after she had the baby or like she announced it and then disappeared or whatever. But like, it was very, very private. Right. And then when she got pregnant with this current baby, she was quiet about it at first, but people figured it out. This is, you know, on the, um, you know, the curating of content, right. People figured it out based on her nail polish, like based on her nails. So like, she's known for like her, like acrylic manicures and like how, like, you know, crazy they are and whatever and like you know they always look great and all this stuff and so people had noticed that like she had a very like just normal manicure and so like um in like all of her pictures it was the same but then like one of her I think it was Kim posted an Instagram story and they all were like cheersing and Kylie's nails were different and so what had happened is before she got pregnant or like when she before she started showing she had taken a whole bunch of pictures and Instagram stories and like created a whole bunch of content so that she could put it on social media. So people wouldn't know that she was pregnant because one, like for privacy, but two, like for safety, you know, like, I mean, like pregnant women are vulnerable anyway, because you know, you're growing a human being, but you know, especially when you're in the public eye, like she is, that's a whole different, you know, layer to things. So, you know, that's just to your point of, you know, Christian are really focusing on like, you know, the percept, the world's perception of her children, but also at the same time, like how sad is that, that like to feel like she could be safe and enjoy these moments. Like she had to craft this fake image of what was actually going on in her life. Like, it's so sad. 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It, it's it's. And of course, they welcome it, people having this access to them. Like, I'm not trying to right. say feel bad for the Kardashians because, like, they put their lives out there. They have a TV. Right. They were like one of the first TV yeah. shows, you know, whatever. Um, but you know, people need to know the line between like people like me who like you know follow people on social media, you know, whatever, and then like the people who like really like will show up so, at their house and all that, you know. So that is actually a perfect segue into uh, the, the next, um, you know, little bit of research. Well, perfect. That I, that I That's so funny. About. I have I have no um, idea what your notes are. This is just flowing yeah, so well. Yeah, well I mean, it's it's flowing perfectly. <laughs> so you know, as as I was going through this, it, this kind of next part speaks to what you were just saying, right? There's there's certain, you know, there's a line. You're you're a fan. Mm-hmm. You love, you know, particular artist. Lainey. And then, that, yeah, so I'm actually you're going to hear that in a second. And then, oh, no. And then, um, you know, at some point you, you cross that line. Right, it becomes yeah. Excessive, you know, um, stalker. You get into that, that dangerous yeah. part. Mm-hmm. So, actually, this, this is, I think, the, um, the article I mentioned earlier. Um, I actually have the. <laughs> The author's name, I, I believe it's from the same article, David Oliver. So just in case okay. David Oliver is randomly listening hey, to David, uh, thank yeah, you for your article. <laughs> so, and again, I will preface this by saying that um, this is not my research. Uh, yeah, you know this how is I love David Oliver's research. <laughs> yeah, yes. So, um, you know, he breaks it down that, you know, there's, there's a psychological component uh, to the idea of celebrity worship. Hmm. And. He says that certain studies have shown that there's three types of celebrity worship, okay. right? Uh, the first is entertainment slash social. So this is me with Alice in Chains, right? right. Mm-hmm. This is you with Lady. This mm-hmm. is our friend Anya with Kirk Cousins. Right? Stop. She's going <laughs> to kill you. <laughs> oh, I have to get in there. Um, oh, my gosh. You know, we, they're our favorite artists. We consume whatever they produce. If they right. release a song, we're going to have it. Mm-hmm. If they have, you know, a new line of merch coming out, we're going to check gonna it out. It. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, we are going to sing their praises to the high heavens. If they have right. something they're working on and they put it on social, we're sharing the shit out yeah. of that. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, because we love them. Right. Mm-hmm. But but there's a line drawn. Mm-hmm. Right. If, if somebody turned to you, Kelsey, and said, so let's say our buddy Steven. Right. Our buddy Steven says, <laughs> Kelsey, you know what? Lonnie sucks. All right. You're not gonna actually like threaten his life. No. Well, maybe. Well, Steven. maybe Steven. No. <laughs> no. But you get it, right? It's like yeah. everybody has their opinion. You're not gonna try to ruin their life or get them fired exactly. because just the same artist. Exactly. As you. Yeah. Like everyone's allowed to have their own opinions. Well, that that is like normal fandom, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the, so the second type is intense or personal. So this is where it gets a little more tricky. Um. You know, the examples that they give for this are, you know, my favorite celebrity is my soulmate, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I say all the time, Christina Scabby is my soulmate. I mean, but I say it we, about Pete Davidson, but we know I don't I, actually mean that he belongs to Kim Kardashian now. It's fine. He, the way I see it, I moved on first. So he was just so heartbroken that I moved on that, you know, he had to settle it. for Kim Kardashian and it's okay. It. It's Obviously, okay. I mean, I, you know, his loss. But, right, um, exactly. 
But, you know, I mean, but don't get me wrong. If Christina Scabia calls me up and says, Paul, you know, I, I just, <laughs> you know, saw your picture on online and, you know, we're soulmates. Hell yeah. I mean, like, yeah, it's right, serious, exactly. But, but you're not going to like look for her address right? and yeah. It's a joke. We know that right, we're not exactly. Here. But the, the problem is you have these people that actually think this and yeah. you hear people getting arrested all the time for stalking, mm-hmm. you know, celebrities. It's what we were talking about earlier at the beginning. Well, and what's um, even what's even scarier too is like the term, and I've I've mentioned this on on episodes before. The term celebrity is getting so much more loose too. Like with influencer culture, like I have friends who have like a bunch of followers on Instagram, and they get really creepy messages from people, or they have people that just like show up. You know, like if they're at one of the Disney parks, they'll just show up and be like, "Oh, hey." Like, and, like, follow them around and stuff. Like, it's, like, because they, you know, are quote-unquote influencers. You know what I mean? And, like, it's because, yeah. you know, and, and they have to change the access that they give to people on social media because people just don't know the limit, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true, right? You don't you don't really think about that. But now with social media being what it is, it, it is a new type of celebrity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, yeah. Um, so the, the third is... <laughs> so the third is borderline pathological oh, dear. Right? The, so the the example he gave of this is um you know if a celebrity asked me to do something illegal i would do it okay i i would like to think like i can't fathom that somebody would actually do that but um but uh, i mean yeah yeah so i mean it's uh, happened yeah it has so i mean with with all this you know i'm, I'm not saying that you know, stand culture or even obsessed fandom, right? The word obsessed kind of, you know, has its own, you know, kind of double edged right. sword. Its own connotation, it's not yeah. It's necessarily always bad, right? Because right. it can be good. There can be a know? healthy obsession, right? Yes. So, I mean, there is, there is, you can look anywhere and find examples of where, you know, this, this obsessive fandom helps the artist, right? They just right, release yeah. a song, drives it to number one. Yeah. Or you know, there's there. I mean, look money. at okay, like look at the Taylor Swift fandom, right? Like, I, I mean, <laughs> like what? We'll get into that in a few. Okay, minutes. Okay, <laughs> okay, but yeah, I mean, like, or even with Lainey too, like you know, like seeing just like you know, having been a fan of their theirs for since 2014, like seeing where they started and where they are now, like I mean, like they talk about it all the time. Is it's because of the fans, like. You know, people sharing their music, talking about their music, like, you know, coming to their shows, like, that's how they've gotten to where they are. They haven't had some big break based off of anything. It's been because of their fans and, you know, artists that, and like, you know, artists, celebrities, actors, actresses, whatever, that realize that typically have a healthier relationship with their fans too, because they have limited that access. They have that like almost business relationship with their fans instead of this like unlimited access, you know, scary fandom situation. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it all comes down to it's, you know, it's one thing to be a fan of somebody, you know, like what they do, support them. Um, Mm -hmm. It's another to be completely obsessed with them. To the point where, you know, you, you think they can do no wrong mm-hmm. um, and you attack other people, you know, yeah. quote unquote, in their name. Well, right? yeah. that, that's where we end up running mm-hmm. into issues. And mm-hmm. um, because of, you know, kind of 
the community that we're both part of, we right. we see that. Shit. We see it a lot. We see people that never come back on the challenge because of things that people say on the internet. Yeah, yeah. And because and, it's just like they're just like this show is not worth like being attacked online. And I mean, like, you know, the challenge is a little bit different because it's like a bridge between like athletics and reality TV, right? Um, yeah. And because, because that's another thing too, is like athletes are not immune to this. Like, you know, they're a different brand of celebrity, right? Like, you know, they're not an actor, they're not an actress, they're not a musician, but they're still like, God, some sports fans, like the fans of some teams, it's just a lot. And like, they can be more intense than, you know, fans of a certain music artist, you know? Look at, you know, the historic robberies, right? I think the, the Red Sox, Yankees is... yeah. You don't hear a lot of violence, right? Um, mm-hmm. But you, you do. I, I've in the past couple of years, the the Giants and the Dodgers mm-hmm. is another you know intense rivalry, and there yeah. there have been stabbings. And oh yeah, the murders. Memphis Ole Miss the Mem- the Memphis Ole Miss rivalry is really really bad. Um, yeah. Like and that's there's a lot of like racial fuel there too, unfortunately. Um, and I mean, I've seen it firsthand and it's awful. And, um, you know, so with that and, you know, with Alabama and Auburn, you know, with, um, you know, just like all of these different, like, and it, you know, I don't, you don't see it as much in like the pros, um, as like team, like team rivalries, I guess, as you do in like college football, but like in the pros, it's like the fans of these certain players or these certain teams are really aggressive. And they're like, if you don't like this team, like, I hate you, you're a moron. Like, you know, I'm going to scream at you about it. So as far as in the pros where, where that is blatantly obvious and I'm, I'm not a huge, you know, soccer football fan to the rest Mm -hmm. of the world, but, uh, Look at, you know, overseas in, mm-hmm. in England and, you know, the um, the soccer hooligans, right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's insane. It's that, that's actually one thing I'd like to look into a little more, you know, see if yeah. there's, um, you know, some books. I know there's some movies, documentaries mm-hmm. written about that, but it's, um, it's wild. That's, that, that obsessive mm-hmm. fandom, right? Into mm-hmm. um, just because somebody likes right. a different team, you know? Right, like... Um, like it's, we can't let people like things different than us at this point, apparently. Right. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. It's really wild. Yeah. So I, you guys are probably gonna get sick of me reading quotes, but I, you know, I, no, I, I love that, it. I love yeah, it. I think it, you know, this next one kind of sums up what we're talking about perfectly. So, mm-hmm. uh, Shelby Stevens of the North Texas Daily, shout out Shelby. Thanks, um, Shelby. You know, <laughs> she, uh, she sums it up perfectly. So she says that stand culture has encouraged fans to obsess over celebrities. It's given them a sense of entitlement towards them. For some reason, it seems like stands feel a sense of ownership about their chosen celebrity, and it's disturbing. Unfortunately, these obsessions have led to real violence. Um, and then she gives the example of singer and YouTuber Christina Grimby, uh, Grimby mm-hmm. I think that's how you say it, who was on The Voice that was yep. murdered by a crazed fan during a meet and greet. Yep. Um, so that is a perfect example of where mm-hmm. that line was crossed and – it was that kind of that borderline pathological. Not you're not right. even borderline, no, right? No, I mean you like you that kill her, hurt. yeah. So I mean, mm-hmm. think about just think about that, right? You you claim that you love this person so much, you love what they do so much, and yeah. you are going to but you're going to kill for it. Yes, and kill yeah. them. So like, what yeah. now? You know, it's yeah. it's crazy. It's wild. Um, 
And then there's there's just one more quote that, that I'll read. Um, I no, I love it. I appreciate all the uh, quotes. So, and I, so, I I do them a lot too. So, if people don't like them, then they don't like what I do either. So, oh well. <laughs> so this one, um, Allison Camus uh, on Rock NYC. Okay. Um, so she says, and this goes into the whole just difference of opinions and, and all that, you know, um, mm-hmm. and not being able to have a difference of opinions when, yeah. you know, you're talking to a lot of stands. So says so being a fan um, means, you know, being a hater of anyone criticizing your obsession, even in the slightest, and a hater of anyone who has had any negative interaction with the object of your adoration. Standard can uh, devolve into something almost cult-like. And that that is very obvious right because you see some of these yeah. uh, people you're like it it almost seems like a cult right, right? i mean it's like next level yeah yeah so i mean that that's kind of you know what i had kind of pulled up for just kind of around the site psychology around it just mm-hmm. kind of the history of it um i do have i have a few examples that yeah you know, if, if it sounds good, we can run through. We'll see yeah, what one let's, let's you're stick through them. And, uh, you know, if you're like, no, that just stands right, and that's <laughs> <a good one." laughs> let's, let's dig into them. So, I mean, a lot of them are probably a little, a little fairly dated at this point, but um, but I, I remember, them. I remember quite a few of them. So back the in first your one, day, <laughs> yes, yeah. So um, the first one is Lady Gaga fans versus uh, Ed Sheeran. Are you familiar oh, with? Yes. Oh my gosh, I'd um, forgotten about this. So basically, Eddie would <laughs> do anything, right? So he was giving an interview where he gave some comments. Um, it was basically about not wanting to feel invincible after a couple of successful albums, and mm-hmm. claimed that he knows it all, right? So mm-hmm. he never said that he was referring to Lady Gaga, right? But her fans assumed that that is what he was talking about. <laughs> So her fans attacked him online the so relentlessly, right? So relentlessly that he actually got off of Twitter. Yep. Because of that. so because he said some vague comment that they <laughs> don't even know was about their, you know, idol. Right. This man had to deactivate right. his social media and he is an accomplished musician. Right. You know, that that's a mm-hmm. big um avenue that you're not you know, using for a promotion. Right. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I, I don't really like his music, so it doesn't bother me that. But it's you know, not like you're going to roast him. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it got to the point where Lady Gaga herself had to go on and tell her fans mm-hmm. to cut the shit. Stop. Yeah. Mama right? Monster and the Little Monsters is what their, that fandom is referred to as, by the way. Oh. But um, so I but I think you know to Lady Gaga's credit, that's that's what we need to see, right? We oh, need yeah. to see that these celebrities, you know, holding mm-hmm. their fans accountable. Absolutely, absolutely. Don't just let them, don't add fuel to the fire or let them run with it. You know, like I mean, not to bring up the Travis Scott stuff again, but that's one thing that a lot of people are talking about is like he has in the past, he has been like, you know, he has you know been. Uh, I think I saw an article where he got arrested for, like, inciting a riot um, yeah. and, like, telling people, like, oh, break in, you know, like, whatever, do this. And, like, that's this is not me saying that he is responsible for what happened on Friday night because there are a whole lot of factors that went into that. And 
I am not the Houston Police Department, so I'm not trying to say that. And, and that type of stuff has happened. If you look yeah. at any festival, there there exactly. is such a history. I mean, people of, like, died at Woodstock. Mosh pits, uh, mosh yeah. pits. Yeah, three people died at uh, the yeah. original Woodstock. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, 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 no. That's totally fine. But yeah, no, like I, but I do think that, like you know, if you, if you know especially online if you see bad behavior call it out you know if it's if it's being done in your name be like hey yo stop like we're not gonna act like this like don't treat somebody else this way just because they don't like you or me or whatever like we're all adults here you know yeah but a lot of times they welcome it they're like oh this is fun that's, that's what i was gonna say so i have you know an example later on of um you know the the problem grows even worse when it's the actual celebrity that is mm. urging their their fandom, their fans, their stands to, you know, do this bad behavior. Yeah. Um, and that that's a whole other sort of oh yeah, issue, that's a whole other animal. You know? Um, but so my next example is um one of your favorites, uh, Taylor Swift. Taylor Allison Swift, the love of my life. I'm a proud Swifty over here. Hopefully you're not one of the ones that um, was doing what I am going to say next. Oh, God. <laughs> so I don't know if you heard of this one. And, um, but um, so with I can't remember which review, uh, which album it was for, but uh, Pitchfork. I don't know if you've heard of Pitchfork. The, oh, yeah. Yeah. So they, they did a review, um, gave the album 8 out of 10, which is a good mm-hmm. score, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not that bad. Uh, but apparently, some of their stands said the editor death threats because they yep. only gave it eight out of ten. Sounds like sounds like the Swifties, right? So this like the bad is, Swifties, like any any is, Taylor Swift fans right. that listen to this. I'm not <laughs> saying this is all of us. So let me let me pause for a minute. Let me These make that clear. These are the extreme this, fans. Yes, it, what we're talking about here is not the average fan. Not even a lot of the stands. I mean, we know a lot of you know self. Uh, proclaimed stands right yeah. um, and they are good people you know oh, yeah, they're yeah, just, yeah. you're they're not they're, this is not who we're talking right, about right. so you know when when certain um of those folks are listening to this if they do just know yeah. that know that not. this is not about you <laughs> uh, and if we if you do think we're talking about you maybe you need to reevaluate some of your tweets yeah you know? like check oh, just just check on your twitter <laughs> yep but um yeah so i mean that's an example of mm-hmm Oh, it's a very good album, but oh my god, you don't think it's the best album of yeah, all time? You don't think it's perfect? And yeah. Right. You know? Well, I mean, with 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 Taylor Swift's fans, like there are there are countless examples. I mean, you know, when when Kanye went up on stage and like you know on the v, at the VMAs and, she, and was like you know Beyonce had the best album or best music video, whatever it was of all time, whatever that thing was, like there was a whole outrage about that. Um, with all the stuff with Kim and Kanye and the um you know, the, the song that he wrote about Taylor and like that whole feud thing that happened with all of that, um, like her ex-boyfriends, like all this stuff. Like, I mean, if you have ever wronged Taylor Swift in any way, her super fans will find out about it and they will come for you. And, you know, but here's the thing, like Taylor Swift will handle herself. And she said that before she's been like, I've got this. Like, I mean, like look at poor Jake Gyllenhaal. He broke her heart and she wrote all too well about him many years ago. And now uh, this coming Friday, she's releasing a 10 minute version of that song and a short film to go along with it. So suck on that Jake Gyllenhaal. (laughs) She's like, don't worry, Twitter. I've got this. And, but so, you know, like she's a good example of using, she uses like her, her, you know, her stands 
in her favor because, you know, like she, she does like fun things. Like she'll hide Easter eggs and like music videos or in tweets or in TikToks and whatever. And like, it's just like little secret things that you only know about if you're like a super stan and then you like pick it apart and it gets you a code to get a presale for like a, you know, concert tour or whatever. Like that's, that's cool. But like she, she definitely does, has not condoned, you know, like act like an asshole on my behalf. Like, I definitely don't think that that's the behavior she's welcomed. And she's gotten so much, like, blowback from people in the past. Like, I mean, she disappeared for a couple years. Like, literally just, like, poofed from the planet for a couple years and, like, went into hiding because of all of the, you know, just the crap she was dealing with on the internet. And, like, you know, her whole album reputation is about that. It's about, like, you know, the reputation that people created for her of, like, um, you know, people talking about, you know, that, you know, how quickly she goes through guys and, you know, how she responds to certain situations and whatever and so you know she because of toxic fandoms and you know toxic the toxic people on the internet she disappeared and she's not the only celebrity who's done that it's just like you know the first example i can think of but there's so many people that have just like gone off the grid or like gone off of social media or just don't have social media because they don't want to deal with it because they're just like this is the career that i chose and like this is what i'm passionate about and what i love doing but i didn't ask for all this other stuff you know right yeah yep i mean that that kind of sums it up perfectly yeah um so the the next example I had is it's it's something similar, right? Um, mm-hmm. Don't need to get too much into it, but it it's funny because these as we're going through these examples, you realize like these are probably, you know, the biggest fan bases, right? Maybe outside mm-hmm. of Beyonce, who you can't even the like. Beehive. Yeah, you can't even like say anything about her. Or you'll you get can't killed. sneeze and say the yeah, word Beyonce yeah. without I'm, them being I'm leaving, like, what? I'm yeah. You know, I'm not even going to, you know, go ahead on record here and say that I think Beyonce is, nope. you know, insanely overrated, but, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might, uh, I might ask you to cut that out later. Uh, no, it's fine. It's okay. They don't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Nicki Minaj, right, was another mm-hmm. one that I, I found, you know, something very similar. Um, uh, a journalist had just, you know, um, written an article about the direction that her music was heading and, you know, disagreed with kind of what that direction was. Uh, mm-hmm. I think she wanted her to kind of, you know, maybe, maybe do a little bit more, maybe mm-hmm. evolve a little bit more. And the fans tore into her and, yeah. you know, harassing the, the journalist mm-hmm. just because it's a simple, because, uh, it's an opinion. <laughs> it's an opinion. It's not even saying that, you know, she's not right. good at what she, it's just saying, you know, I think she could be better, even, you know, or different. Um, right. Because part of any any artist, right? There's once you're doing it for a while, there's some sort of evolution, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just this this lady wanted to see it, and she got attacked for it. Right. Um, so the the next one is this is I know there's something that is near and dear to both our hearts, right? Uh, the Star Wars, <laughs> uh, Star Wars movies. And oh I Lord. Uh, when we were hanging out last weekend, um, the Kelly Marie Tran, right? She mm-hmm. was uh, cast in the, was it the first kind of of the new set? The new wave, of, yeah. yeah. The new wave of movies, right? Um, she ended up, she was harassed so bad by the, so that is another thing that is actually kind of shocking. If you're not aware of how psychotic the Star Wars online um, is. It is terrifying. It is. You would think that, like, 
movies that are so beloved and you know um, listen there is nothing scarier than an angry nerd like (laughs) i'm just like i'm not wrong like you're laughing because i'm right like there's nothing scarier than an angry nerd and like it's wild so that casting so kelly marie tran um asian american and this brought out just the fact that she was cast right Mm -hmm out the worst part of this fandom she and it was awful um and like she i think she probably went into therapy right based Mm -hmm. off of it just brought out the the whole kind of racist um Mm -hmm. feeling that a lot of that community had and it's i i'm always baffled by by kind of the the race issues that we face i know that's not this podcast is for but i just feel like i'm i'm always whenever something like this comes up i'm i'm blown away because you would think in this day and age where we really mm-hmm. still have this shit you know we are still really dealing with i i can't i just can't fathom it but it's it happens all the time and it's just yeah. like it, it's here it's it's not changing it needs to change but i mean this poor what should have been a career highlight right a life highlight for right her. like that should be it's like incredibly exciting for her but instead it was ruined by this response yeah so that that was one to just point out that yeah. you know you have on one hand you have you know all these these music fans, and I'm I'm sure it is shocking to anybody that knows me that knows that I'm talking so much about music. Paul's um, talking so, about music. Drink. Thank you. <laughs> that little, that's what I was going for. Thank you. Um, but I am going to talk about another music one. Uh, Lady Gaga again. Drink. Yep, drink. Lady Gaga again, and Madonna. So oh. I'm sure. Uh, do you remember this little uh, tip from sure. a few years ago? So. Basically, they they had been feuding for a while. Um, Madonna, because Madonna is Madonna, incredibly talented. But you want to talk about somebody that is self righteous and, um, you know, kind of, you know, thinks yeah. um, she is the smartest person ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so Madonna made some comments that Gaga was basically ripping her off, mm-hmm. saying that when Born This Way came out, it was a uh, derivative, it was a rip off of Express Yourself. I remember this right? now, yeah. So, I mean, you can, you can go, you know, pause this, um, you know, podcast right now, go listen to the two songs and make your own opinion. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, but of course they, they had, they have two very rabid fan bases. Oh yeah. yeah. What I wanted to call out here was um, Perez Hilton, who is an absolute Mm -hmm. scumbag. Um, Yeah. He thrives off of this. Apologies if you're a fan of him or anybody listening to him, but this dude is the scum of the earth. However, in this one instance, um, I do kind of feel bad for him. Uh, but he, on one hand, he brought it on himself, right? Because he mm-hmm. had interjected himself. He said some, you know, not great things about Gaga sticking up for Madonna. Yeah. However, that led the, what is it? The Little Monsters? Um, yeah, the Little Monsters. You know, <laughs> the, the, uh, the fringe, I will say the fringe of the Little Monsters, um, you know, fandom uh, to send him death threats. Mm-hmm. And what I really wanted to call out that I I cannot imagine somebody doing this. Someone even as far to threaten to kill his son. Yep, I remember hearing about that. I mean, let, again, let's pause for a minute and think that these are real human people. Yeah, 
think about something that you love more than anything else, right? Mm -hmm. And if somebody just says something against that, imagine that you are so motivated and feel such an obligation to tell that person that I hope you die and I am going to murder your son. Yeah, or I like hope that's, that's next right? level. This is, this is why I am always, I have such a hard time with the thought and the idea of stands, mm -hmm. right? Because my mind goes to these extremes, right? Um, there are way too many of these. And I think part of that is again, with social media, the, the um, advent of the, the internet, it's a lot of keyboard warriors, right? Yeah. It's like, and they, like they hide behind an IP address. You never see their face. You never see anything about them. And, but they just send all these things out that are psychologically damaging to people, you know? Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's cowardice mm -hmm. because they, you know, 99% of them would not say this if they were, you know, face to face Correct. with the, this person. Correct. And um, it's just, they, they get to hide behind the anonymity of, you know, the, the mm -hmm. internet and it's, it's weak, yeah. you know? Oh, absolutely. So <clears throat> the, the next, so I have two, two other things, right? Okay. Two more topics. Yeah. If, if that's cool, if we're doing absolutely. all right on time. Oh yeah. Um, so, so this one I thought maybe is just kind of more of a, an open ended thing uh, because, you know, I mentioned before, we, we really got to know each other through, you know, the community for the challenge. And the challenge actually has um, a lot of stands mm -hmm. out there that you see on Twitter. So and in the Facebook groups. Yes, and in the Facebook groups. Yeah, Oof. no, that's another. Uh, it's another layer thing. there. God, God bless, uh, you know, Anthony and uh, you know Sarah. Anthony and, and Irving and all them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Irving. Yeah, um, I don't know how they do it, but mm -hmm. they do. Um, so. I'd say, you know, top of mind, if you're talking about stands and stands that battle each other, uh, Cara Maria and Kayla, right? Yeah. Those, that was probably the the kind of the the rivalry that mm -hmm. sparked, you know, back and forth. It was and, like a, it was just awful. You know, still see it. You still see it now mm -hmm. and neither of them have been neither on the show. Neither of them were on the show. A few years. Yeah. You know, I know um, – I won't even get into spoilers and all that, but yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> they, they, they aren't there and you still have people mm. commenting and going at it for, you know, the vast yeah. majority of these people, I say yeah. people that you don't even know. Right. I know some folks have ended up, you know, with personal relationships right, yeah. with, I mean, that's, that's cool. I mean, if, if you cool. feel yeah, an actual great. connection to the person and you are actually, you know, sure. acquaintances or friends, then yes, by all means, stick right, up to your sure. friend. Mm -hmm. You don't know. You're again. You are only seeing what is, you know, um, put out there. You're, you're seeing what's shown right. to us by, mm -hmm. right? And then you are also just seeing what is curated. <laughs> that mm -hmm. that you know, Kara want you to yeah. see. And again, you know, I I think the. Cara Marie, I, I love her to death, uh, but, you know, more recently, some of, you know, last year or so, some of what she's putting out there is, questionable. is questionable. I can see yeah. how it can lead people to, you know, um, yeah. maybe her character or whatever, but again, it's, you don't actually know the person. Right, you, exactly. You yeah, well, you shouldn't like, be putting... I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a specific challenger who I won't name because I don't want people to come for me one way or the other um, that, like, I had a very strong opinion of, um, and then 
they were on a Zoom, um, and, like, on that type of situation, like, there's no, like, you know, actual cameras, like, it's just a very casual environment, and they were completely different than how they are on the show. It was, like, night and day, and so... At that t- at that moment, I became a fan of that person because I was like, okay, like I've seen behind the curtain, right? I've yeah. seen this real person. Now that I know that the way that they are on TV is totally a character, you know, like, and and I mean, and they've you know been vocal about that as well as like that's not who I am. Like I'm playing it up for the cameras, whatever. Like, okay, I love like I love this person. Like I'm a fan now, you know. But and that's the thing is like. You know, unless you get to meet this person one on one, and even and even not even necessarily that, because that's going to be the version of them that you get, you know, too. Unless you have an intimate personal relationship with this person, you don't know yeah. who they are. It's who it's who they want you to perceive them as. And you right. know, and even even if you do have, I mean, like even regular people are that way, right? Like we we decide what we show people and what we don't, and um, you know, like authenticity is is unfortunately a lot more rare than now than it used to be in a world of social media because you know we we create you know people curate what they you know we've talked about that this whole episode is we curate you know what we want people to see about us and uh, it's refreshing to you know have friends and like yourself and I think I'm this way where like we don't curate what we share you know it's just like what you see is what you get you know I used to be that way and I've been very vocal about that I used to be that way but um you know I can't afford to be anymore like I'm too old for that I'm gonna you know like if you don't like it I'm so sorry but you're still such a baby okay whatever what I don't (laughs) don't mean it like I'm so old I know exactly what you mean but you know what I mean yeah like it's just like just be your like be your authentic self because we can't afford to have any more authentic uh, inauthenticity inauthenticity is that a word um out yeah. there um so but yeah like I mean to your point with the whole you know challenge stand culture especially like you know the example you gave of Cara and Kayla um you know their standums attacking each other like neither of them asked for that it's not like either of them are like yeah go fight her because she's a car fa-. like they're just they're just two two women on a tv show like let them let them do their thing and let me just say i i absolutely love both of them right um i I have been lucky enough to meet both of them actually Mm -hmm. a couple of times uh each and you know cara maria she she's a local girl um Mm -hmm. yeah grew up a couple towns you know away so i'm i'm always going to be cheering for her um but it's yeah, so I mean, they're 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 actually both sweethearts in in person, and, but like you said, you know, that's could be you know how they want to come off. It was in a, at an event, you know, um, right, right. But I said I've been to you know many of these events, and not everybody comes right. off that well. Oh yeah, right? I mean, yeah, I experienced so, that in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that the the house of that should not be named, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> yep, gonna, but, gonna yeah, stay quiet so, about that, but. <laughs> I think Kara and Kayla are probably the, if I, you know, if you're trying to think of like one stand rivalry on Twitter from the challenge, it, it's got to be them, right? I oh, think yeah. it's pretty, pretty the, loud. Uh, but <clears throat> to kind of go into uh, a little bit of a different uh, twist on me, mm-hmm. you know, challenge and um, social media and fandom, um, the, the whole cancel culture that mm-hmm. in the, as I like to call it the woke police. This this might be where I get into a little trouble, right? Oh, um, no. <laughs> but 
you know, you you have you have these people that are have all this time on their hands to dig back and try to find anything offensive that this person has said in the past 10 to 20 years. Mm -hmm. All right. Don't get me wrong. Everybody should be held accountable for what they have. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But at some point, like what, what is, are you just like um, a vigilante? Is it your Mm -hmm. job to sit back and bring all this to light? Oh, like what is your if we know what the true motivation is in a lot of cases, they're just it's destruction. Yeah. So the problem though, so again, you know, it, it, it can be brought up, it can be addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's my thing. Like, the... like it, like let it be addressed, let it be brought up, let this person like speak to that. Because I mean, again, like the person I was like 20 years ago is very different from who I am now. And I'm not saying that there's anything out there like that because that's just never been my thing. But people go grow. Is what huh? <laughs> what? Don't go look. No, don't, go don't look. Go, go looking. All you'll find is really embarrassing, like emo Kelsey posts. Um, like that's all you're gonna find is like really embarrassing, like just like I I wore a free wheezy shirt in 2009 to Disney World. Like that's what you're gonna find. Like if you dig back in my internet past, um, you're not gonna find anything exciting. But um. But yeah, like, you know, give people an opportunity to speak on it um, because, you know, I, I fully believe that everyone has the ability to grow and to change and, um, you know, to develop new opinions and we should hear them out. Um, but also people should be held accountable for, you know, for their actions and behaviors too. There, but there's a fine line between holding people accountable and just like flipping the table over and like ruining their lives and right. like not hearing them out, you know? Yeah, so here here's a problem too, right? Because we we've seen it recently with a few baseball players too, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Josh Hader of the the Brewers uh, a couple of years ago, people were digging back into his past and they found some you know questionable comments, which mm-hmm. it were horrific. But he was like 14 years old at the time, right? Yeah. Right. So is he the same person then that he is now? Um, I think it all comes down to I think the the inherent flaw with this whole thing is. Um, the a lot of these people that are doing this digging, mm-hmm. they are doing it to, like you were saying, you know, ruin the person's life. Yeah, to they're, be malicious. They, they not, yeah, to be malicious. They are not doing it. The 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 problem is there's a lot of times these people don't want any path to redemption. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, and I I think we you've probably heard me talk about this because that's yeah. something I kind of, you know harp on is yeah. you know there has to be. Unless you are just the most evil person in this world and you will not change your views, right. which there are people, there are people, right, that um, they're, they're just not going to change. And if that's the case, then, yeah, by all means, then whatever right. you know, happens. But mm-hmm. there's there's got to be some sort of attempted path to redemption. And I think that's yeah. a lot of times these people that are digging this stuff up don't want that. They yeah. just want to watch the world. They better. don't want it. They don't want it as a, like an accountability thing. They just want it like as a destruction thing. Yes. And like accountability should happen. You know, if somebody said something a long time ago, like we should make sure, okay, like you understand you shouldn't have said this. This is wrong. Like, you know, th- this is not a, a good opinion to have or a good thing to say. And a lot of times that's the case. And there's like sincere apology and like work that they do to like undo that right but there are obviously the, op- the cases too where they're just like whatever and like they you know think it's funny um but 
the the key here is like accountability and giving them the opportunity to like speak on it instead of just like blowing up the internet with it and then like shutting down any attempt that they try to like talk about it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So the the last thing that I want to kind of touch upon is um this this might get a little a little lengthy, maybe not. Um oh, I'm excited. Our school sports. Oh boy. Let me first start off and ask you, Kelsey. What I'm assuming you know barstool sports. Yes. Um, what is your opinion on it? If you have, if you even have an opinion that you would even want to share, I have a varied opinion on barstool yeah. sports. Um, I think a lot of people do. Um, yeah. There are good and there are bad things. There are entertaining things. There are toxic things. But I have a, I feel like. There is a breeding of toxic culture that is encouraged by barstool sports. Right. So I barstool sports actually started as it was a simple gambling rag. Um, It was, you know, maybe, you know, six to ten pages that was actually, um, you know, put in the, you know, the the mailboxes, right? The Mm -hmm. the paper boxes. Yeah, you'd go. Yeah, you would go get your. your Boston Herald and or Boston Globe and right next to it would be Barstool Sports. That's so um, cool. Yeah. So it, and at that point it was all gambling. Mm-hmm. So I actually I might even have um and a, a you know one from way back then. Of course. Um, you know, so of course. Um but so I I remember them from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like when they had just the papers and then they had a very um basic website and to to actually to see the growth and what this has turned into mm-hmm. it is it is stunning and i mean yeah. i i know you know dave portnoy the um mm-hmm. the founder president and all who is a target and rightfully so because he's done and you know said and done a lot of mm-hmm. you know stupid shit and he even admits yeah. it but um but to see what he's done is i mean it's it's i applaud him for that mm-hmm. um but I mean, to to see how polarizing they are, right? It's it's been fascinating to watch over the past, you know, fifteen to twenty years, where mm-hmm. you know saw them from from this baby infancy right. where they are now. I mean, it's a household uh, name. Whether you whether yeah. you listen to their podcasts or follow them on social media or whatever, like you know who, and like they have like restaurants and casinos and stuff now, like. Whether you whether you you know participate in any of that or you just like know like recognize the name like I feel like you know even like my mom and dad probably know who Bart like have heard of Barstool Sports at this point. And when you hear people talk about them, so it, it's either you know it's it's one extreme or the other, right? Mm-hmm. They either yeah. love them or they hate them. They either they either have on a Saturdays or for the boys shirt or they hate them. Yes, yes. and um, it's so. You you kind of know my job, what what I do. No, yeah. you don't really know what I do, but you know it's the uh, <laughs> same. So, so we say that um, you know, in the the market research, you know, survey industry, that the if you're receiving an email survey, the people that are going to respond to you are going to be the people that are even either extremely pleased. Mm-hmm. Or the people that are so pissed off that they want to make sure you know about it, right? You're not yep. receiving a lot of the feedback that says, right? It's not oh, the middle of the road feedback. Right? 
Yeah, so you're not getting those those middle um, ranges, and I, I feel like that's that's unless what it you is. offer like a gift card or something, then pretty much everyone's going to reply. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that that's yeah, that's a whole other. We don't want to go down that wormhole, but yeah. Um, but you know, with with that, there there are a lot that think Barstool is the worst thing since Hitler, right? Um, but, but then you have the they have the most insane rabid fan base, and you know, in their to their credit, you know they they've done and said a lot of stupid shit. You know, mm-hmm. stuff that they should be called out for a lot of mis- right. misogynistic stuff. Oh yeah, I'm not arguing that point. Um, but they've also done a ton of charity work, right? Yeah. They've mm-hmm. raised so much money um, for for different causes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, most recently with the pandemic and all the the restaurants that you know were having mm-hmm. to close down, did the bar stool fund. They they team, you know, Aaron Rodgers, who's in his own uh, you know issues, right? I think maybe JJ Watt was was involved. We like JJ uh, Watt. We don't like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but it's so they. I just wanted to state that you know. First, it's they they've done a lot of good, right? But it's mm-hmm. no excuse for you know some of the other stuff they've done. Right, right. Um, so they do they perpetuate a frat culture, mm-hmm. right? The whole like um, I said, Saturdays are for the boys. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So it, it at least I want to buy be- one of those shirts and just wear it and be like, "Sup." <laughs> <laughs> um, you know do do I think that people you know maybe get a little carried away, um, you know, critiquing them and you know, criticizing them uh, a lot of times. Yes. But again, mm-hmm. a lot of times what they say and some of the stuff they have done, they, they need say, to be held accountable for yeah. Held accountable. They need to be uh, careful what kind of culture they're breeding. Absolutely. So something that we see all the time, and this, this is where, you know, Barstool I find is different than, um, you know, like we were talking before with Taylor Swift and mm-hmm. Lady Gaga, like holding their fans accountable, mm-hmm. where this is a situation where, you know, they actually utilize their fan base to further, you know, ratchet up and attack whoever is, mm-hmm. you know, criticizing them. Mm-hmm. So there, there are numerous cases of, you know, um, you know, journalists, journalists publishing articles, which, you know, they're always called hit pieces, you know, right. mm-hmm. uh, and there, there's actually one that just came out this, this past um, end of last week that, I'm not even going to speak to because I haven't read it. I'm not going to, you know, pay to go behind a paywall to read an article right. that's, you know, it'll come out eventually, you know, right. it'll be able to be free. Um, but whenever a journalist, you know, speaks ill of them, um, they actually mobilize their fan base. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is different where, you know, we were talking Get about your pitchforks. Yes. Yes. So, you know, and Dave, you know, he he's always said that, you know, he will he will debate anybody, anybody that says anything about it. Come on his show. And mm-hmm. first of all, you're not going to go into hostile territory and, right. you know, do that. If you're like he do knows something. people aren't going to do that. That's that's really yeah. chaotic energy if you are. And like, yeah. you're not going to yeah. do that. Yeah. But, um, you know, he 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 also says open book. He, you know, every time one of these things comes out, he'll make a video you know, say his, his, you know, side of it, but the problem is, so that, that's one thing. Okay. That's good. You know, you have that Avenue. If you want to defend yourself, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But where we run into trouble is when you're now turning around and telling, you know, your fans to, you know, harass people or whatever. So there was, I don't know if you heard that this was a couple of years ago. Um, Sam Ponder, 
Have you heard of her? She is an uh, ESPN journalist. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So she, she kind of got into it um, a few times with with a couple of uh, – with with the CEO and, uh, you know, a couple other people and ESPN had actually given a, like a overnight TV show to a couple of guys at Barstool. So mm-hmm. Sam actually ended up once that was, you know, announced, um, mm-hmm. she went out, you know, released a tweet with some stuff that ended up, um, really it was kind of put the pressure on ESPN to do something about the show. Either they're going to back yeah. the show or they're going to back there, you know, there is existing talent hmm. and what, you know, is quote unquote right or wrong. Yeah. Right. So they ended up canceling the show after the first, I'm not even sure if it actually premiered. Um, hmm. So that led to a lot of additional issues with, um, you know, Barstool and, and Sam and they're, <clears throat> well, I was looking into it today. Cause I remember that that was pretty heated. Um, there was a, a journalist writing an article about, you know this, so he reached out to um, a couple of barstool sponsors to yeah. to comment. So he didn't hear back, but one of them actually forwarded his request to Portnoy, mm-hmm. and Portnoy then put out that guy's that journalist's phone number. Um, so he said that within um, half an hour, he received hundreds of phone calls, voice messages, FaceTime requests, and texts from the barstool fan base. All because Pornoy had decided to post his information. Holy cow! So basically, a ton of harassment. Yeah. So that I mean, not that, to mention, you a- can look up somebody's phone number and get like their address, where they work, like whatever. Especially if he's a journalist, like they, there's probably a lot of public information out there about him. Right. So I mean that that kind of ties into my my final thought here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I think the if we've we've actually just kind of touched upon this a few times, just naturally during the course of the conversation. Uh, the bottom line really is that the celebrities need to hold their fans accountable. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if, you know, whether it's right or wrong, these people are doing these things, saying these things, taking these actions in that celebrity's name, mm-hmm. whether the celebrity wants them to or not, it is being done on their behalf. Yep. Right. So there, they need to have some kind of, responsibility that comes with mm-hmm. that right if they're going to reap the rewards of that fandom you yeah. know all that money all that publicity yeah. all that status then they also need to be accountable for the negativity and you know the 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 negative things that happen absolutely um, so yeah I mean, that that's kind of <laughs> that that's just kind of you know my my overall view on the thing I, I don't i don't think you know just obviously fandom even obsessive fandom is not inherently evil um yeah right the it's the fringe right it's the toxicity Uh, yeah yeah it's it's the very small minority Mm -hmm. that are you know making the raising the biggest ruckus making the biggest noise you know largest noise and that drowns out all the positive you know that that happens and it's really just a byproduct of social media and it's just the these issues that we're talking about with, with social media is not even just, you know, relegated to stands and mm-hmm. all that. It's just, it's, it's, you look at it, how it expands more into, um, you know, news, right? Mm-hmm. It's, there's such a, a quick, um, want to be the first to break a story that, you know, you see stuff posting all the time. That's not even verified, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, yeah. it's, it's the it's the dichotomy of mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, the internet and right. social media. Well, yeah. and I've I've started seeing more like on Twitter, like uh, like if it's an article that like I've like previously read, but like I see it come up, like I'll go to retweet it, and it's like, do you want to read this article before you retweet? And I like, and you know, obviously it's very easy to click like yes, you know, or no, whatever. But like, but I think like having that like mental check of just like, hey, like what are you retweeting before you retweet it? I think that's really smart um, because like that that at least I'm sure helps a little bit filter out some of like this, like fake news and like people just like reading a headline and not actually reading the article and like deciding an opinion before they even like do their research, you know? And that's something that I really try to do with this podcast is like, if I'm going to speak on something and, you know, I mean, you know, you, you listen, so you know that like, I make it very clear, like one, this is my opinion and like, or this is where I got this information from, like whatever, instead of just like spewing random, you know, whatever. Um, because I think that's really important because sometimes like people put information out there and it's just like, well, this is fact. And it's like, no, like, I mean, if we're being honest here, like all truth is relative, you know? Like, there's no absolute truth, right? Like, it's all relative to what you believe. Like, whether it's, you know, like, grand scheme, like, what you believe, or, you know, it just comes down to, like, you know, in a conversation, who, what you believe to be right and wrong. You know, me and Liz talked about that in our latest episode, um, you know, about, like, the dichotomy of light and dark and good and evil and, you know, like it's all based on perception. There's no ultimate truth, no ultimate right or wrong, like no absolute of either of those things. So um, it all comes down to perception and the perception that, you know, is crafted by a person and put out into the, onto the internet and into the world. Like, and you know, whether you're just like a regular person or an influencer or a like A, B, C, D list celebrity, whatever, like you've got to be really careful about that. Um, and what kind of culture you're breeding and, um, and supporting. Yeah. Well, Kelsey, my friend, I couldn't have said it any better. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's, um, yeah. Well, is there anything else you would like to add before I wrap us up here? I think people are sick of listening to me. Oh, uh, whatever. That's not true. Everybody <laughs> loves you, Paul. The dulcet tones of Paul. <laughs> well, <like> cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, as always, um, for your time, for joining me. I know we've talked about doing this for a while, so I'm glad we were able to to knock it out and sit down and do it. And um, I'm excited for everybody to hear it because I know this is something that in some way or another – people have um it's you know it's in some way relevant to them so i'm excited for for people to hear the opinions of the one and only paul butler (laughs) thank you so much kelsey i had a blast and i am i appreciate you having me on All right, everyone, that is all I've got for you on this week's episode of the People Project Podcast. As always, thank you for listening, for sharing my stuff on social media, leaving me ratings and reviews. I really, really appreciate it. Um, And if you haven't already, um, I created an Instagram page and a Facebook page for the podcast. So on Facebook, if you just search the People Project Podcast or it's facebook.com back slash the people project podcast um that would be awesome if you could go follow that um i'm posting updates on there every week um and then on instagram it is at the people project podcast um so if you could go give me a follow on there that would be awesome Um, i'm trying to share more content um on there and like share it to my personal like instagram stuff 
then like take over my personal stuff with like podcast things because I'm sure there's people that follow me on Instagram that are like I don't care about this um so (laughs) I'm trying to separate the two so again as always thank you guys so much I greatly appreciate you and I'll see y'all next week